the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Wednesday, December the 15th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today, on December 15, 1978, President Jimmy Carter, he announced he would grant diplomatic recognition to Communist China on New Year's Day, but he would sever official relations with Taiwan. More and more, the Biden administration is looking like the Carter administration, except Jimmy Carter seemed to have a better presence of mind than the Biden administration. But they are so much on the same page, so parallel, it's striking. Today in 1791, the Bill of Rights, the first 10 amendments to the U.S. Constitution, they went into into effect following ratification by Virginia. December 15, 1791. I'm going to be talking a little bit more about the Bill of Rights in a few minutes. We'll come back to that. Today in 1890, Sioux Indian Chief Sitting Bull and 11 other tribe members were killed in Grand, in Grand River, South Dakota. Books have been written, movies made about this, but during the confrontation, it was an Indian that shot Sitting Bull, not a white guy as is often portrayed. Today in 1939, the Civil War movie, Gone with the Wind, it had its premiere in Atlanta. Today in 1971, the uh, secret police appointed its first five female special agents. Today in 1973, the American Psychiatric Association voted to remove homosexuality from its official list of psychiatric disorders. Today in 2001, with a crash and a large dust cloud, a 50-foot-tall section of steel was the last standing piece of the World Trade Center's facade of that building, the last building to come down. It was brought down in New York. As we entered the holidays in 2001, Christmas and New Year's, hundreds if not thousands of big trucks were hauling away the remains of that, those two steel buildings that stood for commerce worldwide. Today in 2012, a day after the shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newtown, Connecticut, I mentioned that yesterday. Well, the day after, that would be today in 2012, President Barack Obama declared that every parent in America has a heavy heart, heavy with hurt. That was true. But then he said it's time to take meaningful action to prevent more tragedies like this. Meaningful action always translates in that context to confiscation of guns. Those people in middle America who cling to their Bibles and their guns. I am proud to be among them. Our founders knew that 
guns were a good thing. Anything can be used for evil, including guns and knives and clubs and bows and arrows and whatever. It is the problem of the heart. It's not the problem of guns that we have in America and around the world. That's what we're dealing with is an issue of sin, rebellion toward God. Barack Obama can't fix that. Certainly Joe Biden can't. Jimmy Carter couldn't either. Only God can fix the problem of sin. And that's why we advocate so strongly on this program that even if you are a church member, you go to church, you're active in church, you listen to this program and perhaps others and support ministries and all, but if you have never had a moment in your life where you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, please take that moment and do so. That is the way to God. It is the only way to God. Our works are so important. Our giving I'm on the air this morning and every morning live because you, you support me. I wouldn't be here if you didn't support me, and I want to thank you for that. In fact, our address is Box 399, Bellevue, 98009. Thank you so much. But you make that possible. But if you have not come to Christ and ask him to become your personal Savior, you must do that because that's the most important thing you will ever do in your life. Lord, I acknowledge, I believe in my heart, I confess with my mouth that you are indeed the Son of God, that you died on the cross, that you rose from the dead. And if we confess that, believe it in our heart, and confess it, and accept it by faith, and ask him to forgive us of our sins, we shall be saved or born again. We'll become a true follower of Jesus Christ. So don't err on that one. Yesterday on CBS, on the morning news, CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky, yeah, that Dr. Walensky, she responded to questions on when we'll move out of this crisis mode on the coronavirus and whether we'll just have to live with the virus by saying that we're not where we want to be. That's all she could say. She said, well, we're not where we want to be. We can bring down the amount of disease in this country and we can maybe get much faster to that place, maybe, sort of, very hesitant. The co-host on the show picked up on that. Tony, I'm not, I can't remember his last name. But anyway, he said from a public health scientific perspective, where, uh, when do we shift into recovery mode and out of crisis mode? Now, this woman is the head of CDC, which is the quote unquote premier medical part of our government. Co-host Gail King, she interjected herself into the conversation at that point, and she's, I'm looking at the script of what they were saying. She said, quote, Gail King, she said, quote, shouldn't the messaging be, though, Rochelle, as we sit here, as we're going into year two, people think we're waiting for you to sound the trumpet saying it's all clear. We're not really going to get 
and all clear, are we? We just have to face the fact that we're going to have to live with this. Isn't that true? Wolinsky paused, and she said, I think that's probably true. Therein is the philosophy of the left, of the world, of those outside of the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 8 and 9, you know these verses. He said, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. How do people live like that? Well, in Christ. The old prophet that we never hear much about, Nahum, <laughs> he didn't write a lot. He, all of the guys that didn't write a lot are called are called minor prophets, but not minor because of their importance. It's minor because of the amount of text that we have that they wrote. So he was a minor prophet in that respect. He didn't write a lot, but what he said was just as inspired as Isaiah and all the rest of them. So Nahum, he kind of answers that question years before it was even proposed. Nahum said in Nahum chapter 1, verse 7, the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust in him. That's what I'm talking about is that personal relationship. God knows you. The God that created the furthest star out there that they keep searching for, the God that is the God of all theories, he is over and above all of that as to how things came into being. He created them. He knows it, and we know it who know him. They're still searching for the answer, science. And they find out little bits as we travel along this journey of life, but there's much more for them to discover. But the God who spoke into existence all things, he knows you because you trust in him. That's powerful. That's the light of God's truth, and it shines in the darkness, and the darkness, as John wrote, does not comprehend it. But we do, not because we're smarter, but because we're saved by the power and the grace and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. And that's why we find our way and we do not we do not become overcome with all of these troubles on every side, as Paul wrote. He said, we're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken cast down, but not destroyed. Sure, we're going through all this stuff. And this, in our world today, this is not like Paul's. It's different, but not so much. It's tough. We're living in difficult times. we got Attorney General Bob Ferguson, Washington State. He sent a letter to the legislature. He's going after guns again. He's probably getting ready to run for governor. So he's wanting to take the forefront in the far-left movement, of which there are too many in Washington State. Governor Jay Inslee, he put out a letter. He said, today, I this was uh, yesterday, day before yesterday, he said, today I, I joined fellow 16 governors. I think he meant to say six, 
I don't know. Anyway, here's what he said. Today, I joined fellow 16 governors in urging the Senate to act on legislation protecting the right to vote nationwide and upholding our democracy. He's still running for president. Protecting our democracy, upholding our democracy means that it's all mail-in ballots and you send them out. We'll take care of them. We'll fill them out. We'll get them back to you. And we'll kind of count them as we follow the tallies to be sure. I mean, that is so corrupt, some of that stuff. It just bothers me. But our hope is not in Olympia or Washington, D.C. It is indeed in the Lord. There's reports out there this morning. Economist, economist, his name is Larry Summers, Lawrence Summers. He worked for President both Bill Clinton and Barack Obama. He's warning this morning. He's saying, hey, guys, I'm one of you, but we got to slow this thing down. He's warning President Joe Biden this morning that he needs to take this current inflation crisis a lot more seriously. Those are his words. He says he says the all items index, that means everything. It rose 6.8 percent for the 12 months ending in November. That's the largest 12-month increase since the period ending June 1982. He said, things are getting away from you, President Biden. You better take this seriously. And he's one of them. He's on his side. The index for all items, less food and energy, rose 4.9% over the last 12 months. The energy index rose 33.3%. That's like gasoline for the car. They're punishing you if you don't have an electric car. I mean, that's what it comes down to. 6.1% increase in food overall, all kinds of food. These changes are the largest 12-month increases in at least 13 years in the respective series. And in addition to that, he noted, this Larry, he's really going off this morning. He noted that November is the sixth consecutive month in which year-over-year inflation surpassed 5%, which means Americans are paying a lot more for nearly everything across the board He said it's kind of like a hidden tax. (laughs) He said that. He's their guy. At some point, even the left becomes somewhat awakened and informed. Gallup put out a poll this morning, 45% of Americans, 45%. They're reporting financial hardship triggered by increased prices. 10% describe the hardship as threatening their current standard of living. And among lower income, 70% of all Americans in that lower income bracket say they're experiencing hardship as a result of the inflation that's being driven by the Biden administration policies. The Supreme Court ruled on Monday afternoon, six to three, against the New York health care workers seeking religious exemptions to the Wuhan coronavirus vaccine mandates in the state. I want to talk to you just for a moment about that on this Bill of Rights Day. Most people don't know it is, but it is. December 15th, it's a big deal. But today is Bill of Rights Day. We need to take a closer look at why those Bill of Rights exist and what they mean. I want to do that. I don't don't want to dive too deeply into this so we get, like, bored. But let's talk about that just a little bit because it really comes to bear. The founders were thinking about times like ours when they did what they did way back then. 
the Supreme Court of the United States has denied an emergency request of the New York health care workers seeking a religious exemption from the vaccine mandate. For whatever reason, they're asking for a religious mandate, a, a religious exemption. New York said, no, no, we're not going to do that. The Supreme Court has now sided with New York and said, nope, doesn't matter if you're religious or not, we're not going to rule in favor of a religious exemption. The doctors and the nurses argued that other exemptions are being granted, but why not exemptions based on our deeply held religious beliefs? The U.S. military has been consistently denying religious exemptions as well. There was a guy, I don't remember which one, but he's high up in our military, was asked last week by probably a conservative journalist, there are a few of them, um, he was asked, have you guys in the military in general, have you granted any religious exemptions regarding vaccine? The guy, the, the military guy, one of our high up guy, wasn't Millie, but it was somebody like that. And he paused and he said, uh, no, not, none that I know of. And someone else answered, no, there have been no religious exemptions in the military. It's interesting that the Supreme Court ruled on this, and Justices Thomas, Alito, and Gorsuch were the only three of the nine Supreme Court justices that disagreed with the rest of them and said, yes, there should be religious exemptions in America. Justice Gorsuch, in his dissent, he said New York recently issued a regulation requiring a healthcare workers to receive a COVID-19 vaccine those who cite medical reasons are exempt, but no comparable exemption um, exists for individuals whose sincere religious beliefs prevent them from taking one of the currently available vaccines. It seems New York is one of the just three states to have a scheme like this. I'm quoting Justice Gorsuch. This is what he wrote in his dissent against the majority in the court. He continued, he said, quote, it seems originally... Even New York was headed in a different direction. What he's talking about there, as far as originally, his references to the fact that the now former Governor Cuomo, who was disgraced and pushed out of office for any number of reasons, including assaulting and hitting on women that worked for him and on and on, it goes on. Anyway, he, he resigned. He had to resign recently as you probably know. Well, this other uh, woman has taken, become the governor. She's also a Democrat, of course, Kathy Hochul. And um, she replaced Como. Well, she immediately eliminated. She just took office here just, I don't know, a week or two ago. She eliminated the religious exemption from the mandate. She said, nope, I'm not going to have that. So she took it out of that. Well, that's not lost on Justice Gorsuch and he, and I'm sure Clarence Thomas and Alito as well, they're really kind of irate about this, and they should be. But I'm asking myself, where is Amy Coney Barrett? I was a big advocate for her, and, and I am, but why is she silent on this? Why did she vote with the left on the court? What about Kavanaugh? There were conservatives and Republicans who went to the mat for him to get him to get him confirmed because 
He was supposedly a constitutionalist. If you can't be a constitutionalist on something like religious freedom, what can you be? I don't know. I'm just saying, I'm not saying I don't, I mean, just me, you'll have to decide for yourself, but I'm not saying I don't support these people, but what are they thinking? I mean, they're brilliant. I'm just, you know, I'm a simple man. But man, when it comes to religious freedom, I mean, can't they take a stand on that? I don't know why they do. I'm sure they have a long explanation. It's probably complicated and people like me can't understand it. But man, I don't know. Anyway, Gorsuch continued. He said, when it announced the mandate, the then governor promised a religious exemption. Weeks later, the state backtracked. He said it offered no scientific evidence. That's the change from Como to the present governor. But the new governor who assumed office around the same time, I'm quoting Gorsuch, spoke about it. The new governor announced that the decision to eliminate the exemption was intentional and justified because no organized religion sought it and individuals who didn't, who did were not listening to God and what God wants. This is the governor speaking. She's telling the believers, nope, you're wrong. You're not listening to your God. You're listening and you're not listening to what your God wants. You're wrong, and you're not going to get an exemption. That's where we are with the left today. Now, thousands of New York healthcare workers are facing the loss of their jobs and eligibility for unemployment benefits. Gorsuch continued. He wasn't done. He said 20 of them have filed suit, arguing that the state's conduct violates the First Amendment. It does. He's right and asking us to enjoin the enforcement of the mandate against them until this court can decide their petition for certain. Respectfully, he said, I believe they deserve that relief. In other words, he's saying, respectfully, I believe that we should honor the Constitution and Bill of Rights number one, the First Amendment. Well, respectfully, I'm wondering, where is Brent Kavanaugh on this? Where is Amy Coney Barrett? What are they doing? I don't know. If they're originalists, as they claim, and we the people believed, what part of this action by the new governor does not strike a blow to the First Amendment? That's what's wrong in our country today. Why didn't they take a stand? I mean, again, I'm not a lawyer. I, I, I mean, these guys are smart. But why are they taking this position? I keep calling them, and they don't return my call. No, I'm kidding. But what are they thinking? I don't know. Today is Bill of Rights Day, as I said. December 15th was designated by President Franklin D. Roosevelt in 1941. It is to be a day to observe and honor the ratification of the first ten amendments to the United States Constitution, and that is the fabric, the very fabric of which this country was built. Most people in America don't even know that today is that day. During the American Revolution, the former 13 British colonies, now states, are basically independent nations. They came together under the Articles of Confederation for military and other collective purposes. The Founding Fathers' original intent in America was that the government would be highly controlled by the people. It would not be a career. It would be a truly a public service to be involved in government. All that has changed, of course. Do you know anybody in Congress that's not a multimillionaire? 
or about to become one? I don't. If they've been there long enough, give them a couple of terms, and all of a sudden they're wealthy. I mean, it's a career that's sought after by many, not necessarily for the right reasons. Our forefathers saw that. They had discernment. They had insight. They had wisdom because they often sought God publicly for wisdom, asking God's guidance on their deliberations, including and in particular the writing of the Constitution of the United States. Some of the leaders of the Revolution, like Patrick Henry, who was a devout Christian, George Mason, the same, others, they feared that the Articles of Confederation were so weak and risked and risk letting powerful European nations invade each of the states because each of the states essentially was like a separate country. I mean, they weren't called that, but it was that the way they were structured at the time, that's kind of the way it was. So these guys, Patrick Henry, all these guys, George Washington, George Mason, all these guys, they were concerned that these nations, France, England, <laughs> uh, others, would attack state by state and try to take them over one by one and sort of recolonize America. If That would be one way of describing it. But in creating this more perfect union, these leaders sought to ward off European threats and, and address some of the domestic problems in the articles where they had to make corrections in case this or that or the other thing happened. So the result was the drafting of the United States Constitution. Well, the Constitution created a new national government that would rectify the deficiencies of the Articles of Confederation. There were those who feared that this newly formed government would it, at least, or it could, abuse its power against the citizens. Imagine that. That would be defined in what I just told you about New York State. I'm not advocating for or against vaccine. I believe every American should decide for themselves. And every Christian should pray about it and decide before God what they're going to do. I am adamantly, adamantly opposed to the government mandating what we do in that regard or most any other regard other than being law-abiding citizens. That's what their job is supposed to be. It's not supposed to be to run our lives. And they sit there and they slobber on CBS back, well, we're never going to get out of this, are we, Dr. Lewinsky? No, I guess we're not. That is their view of the future. And without a vision, they have no vision of except to control day by day, crisis by crisis. And without a vision, people perish. And that's exactly what's going to happen to the greatest country in the history of the world if we don't get these people out of office. I mean, that's what it's about. The debate back then was vigorous, to say the least. Ultimately, the two sides reached a comp compromise in our founding, the drafting of a set of specific limitations on the powers of what government could and could not do. They were added to the Constitution. They were amendments to the Constitution. Twelve constitutional amendments were approved by the new Congress in September of 1789. Ten were ratified by the 11 states required on December 15th, 1791. That's how we got to where we are. And now we see why they took those steps. But now it is up to us to take steps to get people in office 
who will honor that. I'm going to be gone tomorrow and Friday. We have some family business, kind of an emergency that I have to take care of. I'll talk more about that on Monday. We'll see you then. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.